Hey, 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 it's been a while uh, since I did a podcast. And it's um, Saturday morning, September 7th. September 7th. And the rest of the country is getting cooler, I imagine. We're going to be 107 today. It's 94 right now. At 7.45 in the morning. It was actually an hour ago. or 6.15 it was 94. Man. These uh, mornings are miserable. And we're at 43% humidity. Which brings the dew point to 68 degrees. And. Uh, so what am I doing? Bud's out here. We're walking. And wow. That house is up for sale again. That's interesting. Um, that was quick. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But, uh, yeah, maybe they're moving. Maybe they got moved somewhere. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what that's about? So, um, what do we got? Well... I did a few weeks ago, I did a um, podcast on truth and lies. And that must be a theme for me. I got a couple things. There's negative self-talk that I struggle with. And um, what else I struggle with? Yeah, just believing some crazy stuff. I mean, my if I'm left in my head, I'm in my head a lot, which... Okay, there's strengths and weaknesses, right, to everything. So maybe I shouldn't beat myself up so much, but I'm really in my head. And when I'm by myself, I uh, think extremely negative stuff. I mean, that's amazing. I'm like, how, how nasty it can get. So anyway, a friend of mine um, said, hey, why don't you listen to this, this message? So I did last night. And uh, really well done. Highly recommend. I think it's, I think it's, it's Louis Giglio. I think it's, his, I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly. But he does a, a message. He did a message at Lakewood. How, how ironic. <laughs> Lakewood Church, which is that uh, Joel Osteen Church in Houston. And he gave a shout out to Joel and Victoria. So I'm in this this religious world where, you know, I'm being told, you know, a guy stands up in the pulpit and says, Joel Steen's a false teacher. And I did, I've had that experience several months ago. And me being me, I, I just, I get stuck on, I remember these things and I get, it gets, a, just uh, really ticks me off. And then, um, so anyways, ironically, Louis Giglio, and I think other people criticize him too. And what I'm, I guess what I'm learning is, you know, it's unfortunate, but can people like just like not analyze the crap out of everyone? I, and this is this is like ironic for me because that's what I do is I analyze the crap out of everything. And so, um, you know, I I know some people are critical of these people, like Joyce Meyer, was it uh, Beth Moore? And it's just like. Is that, is that what people, is that what we mean? <laughs> I just, the criticism, and yet I'm criticizing the criticizers, I guess. So it's, it's kind of, 
a catch-22. Or whatever that is. I don't know if it's a catch-22. But it is It is something. So, um, Louis talking about Psalm 23. He does a great job of talking about Psalm 23, which sounds boring. Like, he, he knows how his audience is going to listen to it. I mean, these are church people, and so we've heard these things so many times. But he focused in on the um, the expression that he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And it's kind of a confusing concept, right? So he does a great job, 45-minute presentation, and it's physical too. So I noticed in his communication, he, he's a very physical speaker. He doesn't just stand in a pulpit and teach. He's He's engaging, so it gives you a... You know, it just brings you into the the message. And he even had a little table set up in the aisles of this the huge Lakewood church. And you know, he basically spoke his message from out in the audience and with this table. And they I get you know, technically people would call, well that's a prop, right? Oh, it's just a prop. No, yeah. Really if you want to do a good message, you should just, you know, make sure you have some good props. But, but it's it's sincerity. The guy's speaking from his heart, and he's speaking from his own struggles himself. So, I don't know what we expect from people. I mean, these people that criticize everybody, you know, it's like, what the heck? Why, why, why are they like? Well, he doesn't really believe in you know infant baptism or some stupid thing, you know, and uh, you know, and I I guess that's. I've hung around these Baptists that are big on their baptism thing. Even though my favorite thing is Paul saying like, dude, summer of Apollos, you guys are rocking around. Summer of Apollos, summer of Paul, summer of Cephas. You know? And he's like, but I, I'm glad I didn't baptize anyone. Or I, very, you know, Paul, here's Paul, the greatest missionary ever, bringing the gospel to 90 nine percent of the world because he's bringing it to the gentiles and he's not baptizing people hey get a clue baptist so it just ain't that important anyway so louis does a great job speaking about the enemy in the presence of our enemies and he, the way he's, he's, he talks about that is, there's a table. The Lord sets a table for us, and it has wonderful food on there. And the enemy will come and try to sit at your table because you're in the presence of the enemy, and the enemy is clever. And he discusses how he went through five months or so of just deep depression and mental anguish, suffering things, and finally... One of his friends sent him a note that says, don't give the enemy a seat at the table. And probably referencing this passage. So a very effective message. So I'm expressing it on this podcast, even though there's only maybe one person listening. But I also noticed that I talk a lot. And I think in a psychological way, 
it reduces my pain. <laughs> okay. So, and what I mean by that is I, I was explaining this to my wife. So there's, a, there's a couple of really great applications for me. A couple is my relationship with my wife and family and people. It's, it's like I, I'm in my head. So I'm like looking at body language and I, I, I uh, explain it to my wife this way. So let's say she's doing something and um, cooking, doing what she's doing. And I look, I watch her body language or her face and, and it's like she may be looking upset or discouraged or frustrated with something that she's doing. But because I'm there and I'm looking, I'm trying to engage in a conversation, I'm reading her body language like she's upset with me. And I'm like, wait a minute. What, you know, she could be just upset with what she's cooking or what she's doing. It has nothing to do with me. So I, you know, again, it's like, I think, oh, everything has to do with me, man. (laughs) So everything, everything has to do with me. So I get sucked into that. So we had a conversation. I don't know if my, my wife's probably like, yeah, okay, that sounds stupid, Mike. I think you're doing that. But I do it. I have a habit of it. So good morning. Thanks, you too. Thank you. Hey, bud. So I like to talk because I think it reduces the pain. So if I'm by myself and I'm left to my own thoughts, they can go negative. So that's a, that's a challenge I have. And maybe, maybe you don't suffer, whoever's listening to this, if you don't suffer from that, great. But there might be people that you know that are suffering from this kind of mental habit or whatever we are. You know, listening to a message like that last night is like obviously the, I think a lot of people relate to it. So we all have some level of this, I think, that when we're left to our own thoughts, we're susceptible to giving a seat at the table to our enemy with negative thoughts. And man, it was so powerfully delivered because I, I could almost feel like this, these thoughts, these negative thoughts with an, if it's the enemy like this, trying to seek and destroy. So he brought in John 10, how the thief comes to destroy us and kill us. And he's like, you're letting a killer sit at your table. It's so powerful. A killer. Yes, a killer who's just limited. He can't really kill us, but he can kill us with his thoughts and mind. So, I mean, limiting beliefs, people get into these psychological things like negative self-talk, MSTs. They're real. And it's and probably people don't speak on it in spiritual terms because... I don't know why, but because in order to talk about that in spiritual terms, you have to first establish that, hey, we are spiritual beings and there is a spiritual element to our lives. And you, if you think there might be a devil, well, then that you probably have to think that there's also a God. So... You know, I think a lot of psychologists don't want to go into the God talk. So they just call it negative self-talk. 
And then other people might go, well, it's just limiting beliefs, man. You got limited. <laughs> well, where do these limiting beliefs come from? I mean, I, I'm thinking they're coming from the enemy who doesn't want us to live abundant life. You know, back to John 10 and Jesus. So I am, I guess I'm preaching to myself, of course, but, and, and these are messages that if I hear them from other people, you know, it depend, I guess it depends on the messenger, how authentic they are and so forth. So that's my thought there. And then my, I know I'm a critic. So back to Joel Osteen's a false teacher guy. And then two weeks later, he's talking about on Easter Sunday, and he's talking about Peter giving this great sermon in Acts chapter 2, verse 14. um, And how, you know, Peter was so empowered because he saw the resurrected Jesus. And I'm like, no, that's not the context. We got to get the Holy Spirit. We have to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the whole point of Acts chapter 2, the whole point of the Holy Spirit, the whole point of Jesus even dying was to, one, win the battle with Satan so we can be received and made righteous through Christ's blood. But that's an intellectual thing. And then the spiritual part, or the power from God, is in the Holy Spirit when we understand that. That's not just factual, but it's it's uh, messaging that needs to be implemented. So, yeah, the Holy Spirit's real. So, so this kind of thinking is modifying my thoughts on this book. So it goes back to marinating. So usually one of my listeners is, will, will listen to me a little bit, I think, who's a writing coach, writing business, publishing. She's like way ahead of everybody. But I'm on a journey, you know, so I'm kind of believing in the, the marinating process, you know. She's a very driven, very excellent person and has got a, a business to run, and I'm sensitive to that. But uh, I just had, I just feel at this point, if I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit and how to walk in Holy Spirit, I really got to figure out how to talk about this enemy. One, because I need to get over it. I need to figure out how to recognize negative thoughts, recognize where they're coming from. And not just psychobabble them off to Satan, but reality. You know, this is real truths. And um, so I need to figure out how to incorporate that into walking in the Spirit. Certainly, walking in the Spirit will help win the battle over um, lies and incorrect thinking thoughts that we have in our head but how many people suffer from this it sounds like a lot in fact it might be one of the the biggest concerns in people's minds 
it's not even a concern. It's, I think it's the thing about lies and untruths and negative thinking is it, it is coming from somewhere. And if we don't know where it's coming from, then how are we going to defeat it? So psychologists try to do something. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of recommendations. But I can't overcome mine without the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the message there that... Um, I have these negative self-talk things, and a lot it's not uncommon to man, right? So some people don't suffer from it as much. And probably when you're working, busy, there's only 3% unemployment in the country, which I'm one of those 3%. 3%. So it's not fun. But unfortunately, that nets drives me to having more time in my hand and thinking like, what the heck am I doing? So I'm dealing with that. I'm working through that. And so a really great way to get rid of negative self-talk is to get busy, man. Just get busy. Do something. Bake a cake. Do the laundry. Do the dishes. Do this. Women are probably much better at it because they just like, okay, shit, someone's got to do the dishes. Someone's got to do shopping. Someone's got to cook and, and I'm in my head so I could probably do those things but it's not my thing and so I need to appreciate those more in what my wife does there and be very appreciative but it's not my my nature I suck at a lot of those things you know and and I just we we take each other's skills for granted and this reminds me of something else that happened the last few weeks. Approving. You know, yeah, this Christine Kane, who also probably gets ripped on and criticized. She said something how we always, not always, but we, many of us, um, want approval. We want to be approved. And she was saying that, well, sometimes you're not going to get approval because God wants us to get approval from Him. And I added a twist onto that, that, well, wait a minute. If so many of us are seeking approval, why don't I give out some approval? Why don't I approve my wife and tell her, not, not just tell her, but recognize all the great things she does. So before I, can, before I can tell her, hey, that's great, all the stuff you do, I need to recognize it before I can tell her that. So anyways, writing this book and, and trying to process that, um, it's not going as smoothly as maybe a pure writer would do, just like boom, 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 boom. But I, I think I need to go through the suffering of my experience to, as part of the marinating process. And if I'm going to talk about my message of the Holy Spirit and our uniqueness, each person walking in the Holy Spirit, a mystery. How can God be involved in everyone's life? It's because he's a the living water, unlimited resource. We can tap into it. So and that spiritual element has a has an enemy, a fighter, or something against it. So the art of war, I think it's 
something Sioux, Sun Sioux or something. We, we have an enemy, unfortunately, in Pogo, I guess, is that right? The enemy is us. Well, not quite us. There's a, that's where the spiritual faith is. It's all in there. It's been there the whole time. It's in the book. We have an enemy. And so we, the enemy's good at discounting that and not only discounting it, but just sitting at our table and telling us crap that uh, sounds reasonable, right? He knows our weak weaknesses. It's not just weaknesses. He knows facts about us and history and can tell us and say, well, why did this happen? You suck. Why would, you know, God wouldn't allow that to happen, would he? Does he, does God really love you? It's all the, the doubts. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, uh, more of the don't give the enemy a seat at the table. As Louis says, nine amazing words. So I'm spreading that to uh, whoever's listening to this. And I think I will. I mean, it'd be kind of crazy, but I will do it. I'm going to name this podcast the same. And uh, it's kind of weird because probably could happen is people will Google it. Oh, yeah, what's that What's that message from Louis Giglio? Um, uh, don't, don't give the enemy a seat at the table. <laughs> and then this podcast shows up. Can you imagine that? Oh, shit. That, that would uh, that'd be freaky. Because I'm not seeking an audience, right? I'm just walking my dog here in the deserts of Arizona where it's September 7th and still hot. And uh, one of my conversations yesterday was, well, we won't be uh, making a decision on that until October. And uh, I said, well, October's actually not that far away. It's September 6th, you know, 6th, 7th. October's only three weeks away or so. It's just that in Arizona, it still feels like July 4th. So, you know, we're like two months behind. There's like a two-month delay before the fall comes here. Come on, bud. So, that is the Arizona experience. And the Louis Giglio experience. And the... What else is it? It's the Louis Giglio in, I think he's in Atlanta, and uh, but he spoke in Texas. So the message is, the message has gone out, and uh, it's a good one. And even Joyce Myers, like my wife says, has got good things to say, and uh, we listened to a little bit of that too. And it's like, why did? Some of these, again, back to the beginning of the podcast, these criticisms of others, it's just not helpful. I mean, I know, I, I, get, I get it. I'm one of the biggest violators of criticism. Let it, I have to let my, let the criticism, let that uh, turn into positive somehow. Recognize it, but don't just attack the ideas of what's wrong with the criticism. Like, it's not good to 
and say another teacher is a false teacher and then be guilty of it yourself without realizing it. And I still haven't pointed that out to the guy. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm backing off a little bit. On, maybe it's just old age. Maybe it's some wisdom. I don't have to. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear criticism. So I won't deliver it. And I won't get hung. I'm not going to get hung up on it. I want to remember it because I think it's important that we recognize the power of the Holy Spirit and that Peter didn't just see Jesus on the day of resurrection and go, oh, okay, I get it all. He doesn't. That's not, the, that's not the truth. Truth is, he didn't get it. He's uh, famously made fun of by John uh, when he was restored, but then immediately he, Jesus has to rebuke him with the, what is that to you? You follow me thing. When Peter was trying to figure out, well, what's going to happen with, with John, man. And John could have written about many, many things. But he decided to put that in there for us. Isn't that great? <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's a key message for me. I have to apply it to my life. Figure it out. I'm still not mastering it. I'm on a journey. And we made it home. And here's Bud. So let's end this podcast with grace and peace. May it stick with me today and with you. Amen.